What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by a 16-year media veteran, the co-founder and head of ops for Hyperlocology and the life of the party at any trade show or mullet competition. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick Pleiss. What's up, Patrick? Man, a lot of things, but I'll take that. I'll take that introduction. (laughs) Uh, I I often am found at mullet parties, Uh, so setting the good times. I mean, I feel like our hairstyles are the exact opposite. I'm like super short in the back, really obnoxiously long on the front. And you're the exact opposite. You know, it works either way. It's fun. Um, So first of all, Patrick, tell me a little bit about what is hyperlocology for people who don't know. Yeah. So we're a franchise marketing platform that empowers both brands and franchisees with the ability to launch brand-directed and localized advertising on a per-location basis. So making it easy to activate digitally. So when when you're talking about that, I, I've, seen, I've seen in your marketing materials before, this brand-directed, locally perfected. Like, yeah. what, what, is it, what does that mean? Yeah, so what we do is we empower the brand marketing team who sometimes have limited resources or just bandwidth. Uh, unavailability with the ability to craft and create campaigns that are in line with the brand's goals, with brand messaging, with brand imagery, and either activate campaigns on a per-location basis on behalf of their franchisees or make those campaigns available for franchisees when they want to come in and boost a little bit of their marketing uh, and making sure that they don't have to become a marketing expert in the process but have that access to basically their own marketer that says, this is what you want to do if you're going to run Facebook. This is what you're going to need to do if you're running on Yelp. And they can just, in three clicks, launch a campaign that's localized for their market, meaning the creative unit actually calls out their location's name, their restaurant's name, meaning it will be meaningful for the person that sees that ad, but also more importantly, their ad clicks directly through to their restaurant's website. Got it. Uh, so, so do local do localized ads perform better than just like, you know, because I see billboards all the time like, hey, this, you know, like right now uh, there's like a, a billboard in Utah that's like, you know, uh, Bud Lights for you, Utah, you know, and uh, which I've, I've noticed more Bud Light ads uh, at billboards recently. Um but like, do those ads really perform better than just like, hey, Bud Light? It's like Bud Light for Utah. Interesting. Uh, you use an example of a nationally present brand. But when it comes down to hospitality in restaurants, it's really relevant when it comes to ad engagement. When you know that this isn't just a restaurant that exists, it's one that exists in my market Therefore, you get one more step of qualification, of relevancy. And that's what we're ultimately trying to get to is that high level of relevancy to get someone to say, that's for me. And 
I mean, like, tell me, does this does it actually work? Like, are are people seeing some good results from this as opposed to what they're normally doing? Yeah, yeah. And I will refrain from case study and statistics, but overall, results from an ROI perspective are positive, but results also mean just having the transparency into where your ad dollars are yeah. going in your market. When you're a member of a franchise system, you're passing back usually a national ad fund. And oftentimes you don't get that accountability of where that th- those dollars go or how it's impacting you specifically. Right. That, that's really a gap we bridge. I think that's a great point because it really is, you know, especially it's, it's like the money that they're making, right. And it's money that they're given to the franchise groups, to the franchisors to make sure that, you know, they're growing and how is that money being used? Where is it being used? And I think that the, the more transparent you are, the more trust it builds and the more trust, the, the greater the ability you have when there's a new tool that comes along and, you know, uh, you need to raise like the tech fees, like, cause I've been a part of meetings where I just got up in front of the whole franchise group. I I've, you know, at a brand conference, I've talked about ovation. And then the next person gets up and says, and by the way, everyone's fees are going up X dollars a month. They're like, wait, 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 what? They're like, yeah. They're like, oh, it just, it, when it, when it hits anything that, that hits that, that budget hurts. And so any sort of transparency um, helps. So when, when looking back at uh, how long ago did you guys start? How long did you, did you start hyperlocology? We're just right at six years old, maybe six years in a month or so. Uh, we just celebrated. So it's been, it's been a good old run. So why, why did you start it? Cause obviously you had a lot of experience in the media industry. Why did you start hyperlocology? Yeah, a pile of reasons, you know, all the way from my dad being a franchisee to understanding how complicated it can be to actually launch sophisticated campaigns to even understanding how franchisees typically pay for marketing and how they're penalized for spending more or less when a lot of the work goes into just the upfront appropriate setup. So having the the knowledge, you know, in-house with the background and the ability to make something that's been unaccessible now accessible to people who actually need it. When you're talking ad budgets for franchisees, it's small. It's not Walmart. It's not Bud Light. Those dollars have to be accountable and have to be working for their location because they may own only that location. They're the CEO of that business yeah. and it has to succeed because there's people, their employees are dependent on it and, and even their families, yeah. right? So it's it was an opportunity to bring knowledge, passion, and the ability together and actually start solving problems because these franchisees if you'll let me stand on my soapbox for 10 seconds, do it. They're the pillars of their community. They are the people people look to for sentiment, for how is our community doing? Are we successful as a whole? And when we can have multiple businesses in a community and we're taking those leaders, those business influencers and making their lives better, it ultimately impacts not just the people that are their guests, but the people that aren't their guests, but are surrounded by them, that look down the church pew, that see them at the club, that are at the grocery store with them. And when they see their life is better, 
they tend to mirror that. We are actually able to start impacting a community past the point of marketing and ad success, but actually like lifestyle, happiness, and quality of living. Yeah, I love that. Preach it, brother. Amen. Because at the end of the day, when I look when I look down the digital pew on LinkedIn at the 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 church of LinkedIn, it's like I love seeing people who are succeeding. I love seeing my brothers and sisters in the startup space who are raising money, who are doing well. And when I see that, I'm like, I could do that, right? And it's really interesting now that you know we've raised some money and we've done some things where people are like, hey, can we go out to lunch? Because I really respect how well you're doing this. Or like, it's really cool that you just did that. And I'm like, oh, it, it's cool to be you know, it, it's all relative, all, all success is relative, right? But it's cool to have progressed from, hey, I'm like literally just working in my basement and doing cold calls from my wife's sewing room to like, things are going great. And, and it's really cool to see that. And to, um, and so it's important once you become that, right, to make sure that yes, you will always feel like you're not doing enough. You will always feel like you're smaller than other people, but make sure to give back because everyone is living someone's dream, you know? And I remember when I I, I would have dreams of working with a hundred customers and now we're working with, we're closing in on 4,000, right? There's and so respect. things like that are really cool. And I think that's a great point to think about in a, in a local community. Um, how that how that plays out and i think that makes a lot of sense patrick i, I love that analogy hey thanks and uh, by the way you're not going to get past that without a congratulations uh oh yeah like I, Come on, look man. it's it's my podcast i always find a way to humble brag about ovation because <laughs> you're doing it you're doing it you got all the respect and love from everyone dude well, and, the, and the team honestly is just so incredible and i love i love waking up every day and like every single internal meeting I'm excited about. Isn't that fun? Like when, when you love the people that you work with and like my co-founder, I look forward to like our weekly lunches and we talk every single day. And those are things that um, I feel really lucky that we've got that team that we all, we all mesh together, you know, that has to come from the knowledge of actually having impact and driving change because people can't get up and run on a hamster wheel if you're not really affecting something. And that's where that happiness comes from is we don't have to convince each other internally that we're doing good or that we're improving something. We're building value, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just is. And that, that puts smiles on. And so when you have a heavy day of meetings, you know that that last meeting is going to be just as valuable as the first one because you know the output is going to be that impactful to someone else. And to to be able to speak to uh, your spouse, your partner, your friends, your family, and tell them about what you did to to affect someone one-to-one, that's the unique parts about our business is it's accountability to individuals and individuals that aren't just anonymous. They're in our in our face in our presence all the time and so we can measure that impact and begin to better ourselves it's it's all a crazy cycle i love that man and and at the end of the day the cycle in my opinion revolves around the guest right everything that we're doing is about getting the guest in getting the guest back and yes. doing it in a way that's uh, going to you know it's it's the balance of guest experience and profitability right True. so 
What do you think, Patrick, is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? I got to it's call me old fashioned here, but that guest experience starts at the first impression and quite literally from my digital world, a literal impression of when they become aware of your brand now in their market, they ask a few questions. Is this a product that I'm interested in? Is it uh, available to me? Does the brand imagery align with my lifestyle and how I feel? That's the first time that they become a potential guest, that they are now exposed. And that experience has begun. Uh, yeah. what, what you take from that and where you go, variable. But it's that first touch and making sure that it hits as close to home for one community as it does another community, because the potential for them to be different is great. So nailing that first impression, that first moment of being aware of the brand is just key. I because it's so hard. Who was it? It was um in Modern Family, Phil Dunphy. He's like, first impressions are hard. So try Julia Childs because she's pretty easy. <laughs> I am oh, Paul. Yes. The French people eat French food every day. So we have devolved. <laughs> To this, this is where we are. Oh man, people, people tune in to listen to the hard hitting questions of Zach Oates. I knew it. I knew it. So, speaking of which, when you when you're thinking around, um, you know, the old fashioned guest experience, what are some successful tactics that you've seen lately to to improve the guest experience? Uh, You know, utilizing data. Uh, to understand, uh, you know, product availability, um, understanding where you can move the needle in a specific market. Uh, you know, when you when you think about running an ad for French fries, uh, you can run an ad until the cows come home for French fries, but in some markets, it's not going to have a relevant impact. Mm-hmm. And you can actually change that impact by maybe you switch it out to the cheese sticks ad in those markets that you found out their French fries don't resonate. You can begin to use data to inform that customer experience and make it more relevant to them so that they find themselves more drawn like a moth to a flame to what your offering is because it is relevant to what they're asking for, what they'll respond to. And that provides a better experience for them because it's less searching. It's less wondering. It's a quick decision based on a value that they're looking for. Yeah. I love that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And in looking at all of this, it's just so focused around the guest, right? It's just... Put yourself in their shoes. And it's so easy to forget that because we're running so hard. We're we're doing so much. We have so many things on the mind. But at the end of the day, you focus in on the guest, be it for your ads, for the retention, for the training, and, and put yourself in their shoes no matter where they come from, digitally, in-store, drive-through, and really think about that. How do you unify that experience and create the right expectations? Because that's one of the things about ads is it creates the expectation, right? And so is the experience matching, exceeding that expectation, right? 
you yeah. have to match it. That's table stakes. Totally. It's hard to exceed it, but we, we you can find ways. And I, I love that. Um, now, who's someone who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've seen your podcast a few times. I was knowing this one was coming here. Uh, and I thought about all the cool marketers we work with, but I think it's more you? of an over- Should argument. people follow it, you? I want to, I actually want to give yourself the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to give myself. I knew there was a lot of people, but here I am. Spotlight here. No, 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 no. I want to give an ovation to the marketers that challenge the status quo, that make yeah. decisions that aren't for keeping their jobs, but for bettering their companies. For people that make decisions because they impact someone else in a better way rather than protecting their own, because ultimately those are the people that drive change, that are the pioneers, and that ultimately make it better for everyone down the road. So for those marketers that take those chances and listen to what is actually available and will drive change, they deserve the ovation, dude. I love it. Totally love it. How do people find and follow you, Patrick, and Hyperlocology? You know, uh, it's hyperlocology.com. We're on LinkedIn. I don't have so much of a social presence except on LinkedIn, and I'm known for a good post or two. So come link into me. Yeah, uh, and that's that's Plice, P-L-E-I-S-S. Boom, boom. Patrick Plice. Love it. Well, Patrick, for preaching the good message and for putting the A in partay, today's ovation goes to you, Patrick. Thanks for joining me on Giving Ovation, man. Always fun to hang with you. Zach, you're the man. I really appreciate this, and I'm so excited to see you in person next. Yes!
Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.